your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. We start this morning with the Minister for Finance, Pascal Donoghue. Uh, Fine Gael are holding a conference at Thoman Park this week end and the Minister will be attending uh, the Thornishta and leader of Fine Gael, Leo Varadkar and uh, other senior members of the party too. Good morning to you, Minister. Good morning, Joe. How are you today? Well, thank you. What's the purpose of uh, this session at Thoman Park? Uh, we're recognising that despite the great efforts that we all made in dealing with the economic and the job consequences of COVID and the success that we had there, we do recognise that we have a further real challenge coming up. The challenge of what the war on the people of Ukraine will mean for our economy, for the price of energy, and in particular what it will mean for small and medium-sized employers. And what our party wants to do is just to continue the engagement that we have with really important employers in our country. And while we can't and no government can do everything, do want to hear their views to see how we can best support them in the time ahead and get through this latest challenge, which we will do. So people can register then and and come along and have um, access to you and to other senior figures in the party. Is that right? Well, it's a, an event in which we're inviting people to register for, and you do need to register for us. You can do that through the Fine Gael website. And then what we will just have is a set of uh, panel discussions across the morning in which we really want to hear from those who will be attending. Uh, we already have a good number registered, the majority of whom are either business owners or work in small and medium-sized businesses, and we'd be very interested to hear their views across the day. Minister, certainly talking to small business owners on this show over the last couple of weeks, they might have anticipated a slightly easier autumn and winter after the challenges of COVID, especially in certain sectors, and yet they appear to be facing something far harsher now. I think that's a fair summary. I think business owners and those who made the great effort to be involved in working in and setting up uh, small and medium-sized businesses that give so much back to our economy, I think they, like the rest of us, were really hoping, uh, Joe, for some kind of a period of calmness and maybe even a return to some kind of normal, albeit a new normal, in the aftermath of the pandemic. And just as we were standing, getting ready to stand on our own two feet again, getting ready, we all, to put the uh, the really tough moments of the pandemic behind us, we got hit then by something entirely new, entirely different, and something that the people of Ireland and the people of Europe had no control over, uh, which is an invasion, uh, a war in Europe. And what that has done has really accelerated and compounded changes that maybe were coming after COVID anyway, and posed really new and big challenges uh, to a number to many jobs. And I certainly understand the feeling of dread and feeling of concern that so many have. We have helped along 2022, and we do plan to help again in 2023 in recognition of the kind of challenge that's now developing. The other point, uh, hearing from (laughs) listeners over the last few weeks, is that they would have intended perhaps to get out and spend a bit more in hospitality over the winter, but they're obviously very concerned now uh, about energy prices, uh, the cost of living, inflation, increasing mortgage rates with more to come. And, And there is a significant danger when all of those things come together of the economy tipping into recession. 
So, of course, there is a risk, Joe, with all of the factors that you've just correctly identified developing of that impacting on the economy of Ireland. Uh, And it's also the case that when you're a small, open economy like our own, when really big things happen elsewhere in the world, it does have an impact on us. All that being said, if you look at where we stand at the moment, despite the entirely understandable sense of concern and anxiety that your listeners will have regarding what the winter and what Christmas may yet bring. If you look at where we are now, we've never had more people at work in our country. If you look at our public finances, they have recovered really well after COVID, which means that we can help again. And even though we are seeing some signs of growth and spending within our economy moderating a bit and diminishing a bit, in response to the issues you've just described. We're still seeing lots of businesses be really busy and still seeing lots of businesses face the biggest challenge of how they can get the workers they need to meet the needs of their customers. Mm. So there's much going on in our economy that continues to be positive and we need to harness that to do all we can to avoid a significant economic change in our fortunes, which I'm optimistic and confident that we can do. Right. Returning to the Minister for Finance, Pascal Donoghue, uh, the other thing is that local government representatives on this show, and I know talking to colleagues around the country has been reflected on other similar uh, shows since mid-summer, have said we're going to uh, target this at the budget and that the budget will address a lot of the concerns that listeners to this show have. Would it be impossible, though, to meet those expectations on Tuesday? I think when you're doing any budget at all, Joe, uh, uh, particularly the budgets of the last number of years, the expectations on budget day are inevitably very, very high. And inevitably on budget day, I'll get criticised by many who will feel I'm not doing enough and then others who will probably argue that I'm doing too much in some areas. But the real test of the budget isn't just how people respond to it during the week. It's the impact that the measures that we announce on budget day have in the weeks, months and the year after that. And I do believe and I am confident that we will be able to do enough across that period to provide really meaningful help to those who need it, to put money back in people's pockets exactly at a time the price of energy and the price of so many things in our lives are are going up. And I believe we will be able to do that by harnessing the growth that we still have in our economy, the improvement in our public finances, which is due to decisions the government and I have made, but also due to the extraordinary efforts of the people of Ireland, I believe after the budget, we will be able to do enough to provide that help that people will need. Mm. Uh, government ministers, for example, have been saying to all of us in the last few weeks, "You look to your own home, look what you can do uh, to reduce energy consumption. And yet now there are reports that electricity suppliers are going to increase the standing charges, which are not based on consumption. What's your reaction to that, Minister? That it's uh, a, uh, we need everybody to play their part, and that includes the energy suppliers. And the government is going to play its part in measures that we will put in place to help with the cost of uh, energy later on in the year. And I expect the energy suppliers to be playing their part in helping us keep those prices down. We need to hear a justification for the change in standing charges 
And as the government makes clear what we're going to do to help your listeners who need and who deserve this additional support, I want the energy sector to play their part too. Do you feel as though uh, the hospitality sector, Minister, has not done all it could to uh, avoid price gouging, as it's been called? You know, you've seen it in Dublin, but maybe it's applied in other parts of the country as well, despite the reduced VAT rate uh, that uh, you brought back in. So I am a huge supporter and I hugely appreciate and recognise the massive contribution uh, that the hospitality sector makes to our economy and to our society. And um, amongst your listeners and in uh, the part of our country that you're broadcasting to, we have some of the very finest and some of the very best and some of the most hard-working businesses in the hospitality sector. And I recognise that in all I did over two years of COVID to keep those viable businesses going until they could open their doors again. That said, of course I am disappointed to see in the aftermath of us beginning to recover from COVID, some examples of prices going up so much. And it really does disappoint me, particularly when you have big events happening um, in our capital or elsewhere, particularly when you have a lot of international tourists coming back to Ireland for the first time, to see some evidence of good value not being given to visitors to our country and to domestic tourists. So I think it's a pity that happens. But all that being said, uh, I know this is an unbelievably important uh, part of our economy and our society. I've recognised that in all I've done in the past in trying to support them. And I think we all now need to play our part in supporting the sector in the time ahead. And is there anything you can do to get those, and they may be outliers, but there's a few of them, who aren't playing their part when it comes to prices? There's no point me pretending that I have uh, powers that politicians uh, shouldn't have and I don't have. Uh, I, and as a politician, as a, and no government has the power to determine what is the price that a privately owned business should sell and should determine to its own customers. And likewise, there's little to be gained here in me highlighting specific businesses that I have a concern about because I respect and recognise all the work that they do to employ people and to keep things going. Uh, but simply what I do want to see happen is that at a time in which it is tough uh, to cope with rising prices and the inputs that many of these businesses have are going up, due to the rising price of energy, due to the rising price of food, due to the difficulties in getting the kinds of workers and numbers of workers that these businesses need, that we all play our part in trying to offer the best value to people that are holidaying at home, people who are eating out at home, and to people who are coming to visit our country. And Minister, I think people listening this morning would appreciate and expect the government to look after the most vulnerable in our society or in a budget or at any point in the year. And then there are people who are out there, as you well know, working very hard every day of the week. And there's a lot of speculation in the papers about tax changes, which I'm not even going to ask you about because I know full well (laughs) you will tell me that you can't answer it until uh, budget day. But in general, in general, what would you say uh, to people who are working really hard but just don't feel there's enough money coming into their pockets, especially when their household budgets are under pressure. That we're absolutely going to do what we can to help them next Tuesday. 
that due to how broad the change in prices are, we have so many of your listeners who uh, uh, don't qualify for the additional payments that are made available through our social welfare system uh, because their level of income is too high. Uh, But despite that, they're really now feeling the squeeze uh, in their purse, in the wallet, because the price is going up. And we want to play our part in bringing forward a package that not only helps those who have the least, but offers help to to those who are working hard, to those who are, uh, you know, uh, keeping the very businesses going and working in the very businesses that our conference is about on Saturday. Understand completely that they need support too. And that is why on Budget Day we'll also have some broad measures that offer help to those as the price of energy is going up. Mm. Uh, And just before uh, we let you go, um, Minister, the pension solution or the proposed solution from uh, the government, uh, maintain the pension at 66, but if you work later, you will get an increased pension above whatever the baseline is at the time you reach 66. Um, But on the flip side... Um, there's a concern that younger people will end up paying for that, that there'll be increases in PRSI, and is that fair? So I do understand that concern entirely, Joe, Uh, and it is the case that levels of PRSI in our country are now going to go up over time to maintain the future pensions that we want current and younger people to have. The key point I would make, though, is those younger people and those younger workers who will be paying higher rates for PRSI over time. Firstly, we will only gradually change those PRSI rates. And secondly, by and large, those higher PRSI rates will pay for the pensions those younger workers expect to have available later in life. So, yes, there will be a change in PRSI rates that will happen gradually and in a phased way, but that's to help ensure that those younger workers have the kinds of pensions that older citizens in our country have at the moment. Mm. Do you expect that the transition due in December, where there's a a flipping of the roles of Taoiseach and Taunaston and your party leader, Leo Varadkar, will end up in the Taoiseach's office? And then there are all sorts of outworkings from that about Cabinet and all of that, that that it will work effectively and that the government will uh, plough on into the new year? Because, as you know, there's some speculation that it could end up being the death knell of this government. I'm absolutely confident that it will work out. I appreciate that it is going to be a rather unique moment in recent Irish politics. Uh, We've never had the transition occur that you've just described, that one person becomes Taoiseach and that we see a change in the office of our current Taoiseach. But I believe that it is something that the three parties will be able to successfully manage. And I believe that's the case, Joe, for two reasons. The first one is the level of strong personal relations that do exist at a senior level in the government. And secondly, you have three parties here that have all played their part in providing, I'd make the case for good and stable government and effective government during really demanding times for our country. All of the supporters and all of the members of the parliamentary party uh, that are involved in these decisions, we know what is at stake. And we know our country expects the government that is in office to see out its mandate at a time in which really big things are happening in our world. And that will happen. 
So uh, inevitably, there'll be lots of speculation, lots of commentary in the run-up to that moment in December. Uh, but we'll make it work and we'll see out our mandate uh, because your listeners expect us to make a difference in their lives. And to do that, we need to complete our work. Finally, Minister, will you be nervous on Budget Day? Oh, look, uh, Joe, that's a great question. Uh, so I've had the great privilege now of doing a number of different budgets in recent years in lots of different circumstances. And I think whether you're a, um, a sports person, maybe even, dare I say, a broadcaster doing a big day and something that really does matter, if you didn't have nerves approaching it, there'll be something a little bit odd and it might indeed undermine your ability to get ready and then to deliver what you need to do on the day. So I'll feel a kind of appropriate level of um, uh, anticipation about the day because it is a really big day for the government to deliver because it matters to the people that we're serving. And uh, just as maybe, Joe, you might feel, um, you know, that moment when you get ready to turn on the microphone on an important day when something big has happened that you want to cover and analyse well, it's no different for me. And it doesn't matter how many of these days you happen and you're involved in, you still do feel the moment and the need to get it right. And that'll be like it for me on Monday night when I'm finishing off my speech. All right. Well, listen, thank you for your time this morning. It's a busy week for you. The Minister for Finance, Fine Gales, Pascal Donoghue there, and he and the Thornish and others will be at that uh, special conference that uh, Fine Gael are holding aimed at listening to small businesses in the Limerick region on Saturday at Thoman Park. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.